if it was a little further flying, it would cost like 10,000 plus more points to fly the same exact route. But because it's just barely in that distance band, you're really just stretching the award chart to its limits. And that's, I think, what sweet spots are all about. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Daily Drop Podcast. We are excited as ever to be here with you today to chat through some pretty sweet topics in in the travel hacking world. Yeah, Mike saw what I did there. You all get it in a minute. (laughs) So what we're talking about today, we're going to chat through a very brief uh, Marriott addendum to last week's episode. (laughs) Uh, We're going to chat through some uh, Star Alliance um, things. Yeah, drama. (laughs) Thanks for the filler words here. Uh, And then we're going to chat through some sweet spots. Now you all see what I did there in the beginning. Some ways to really maximize those points you're using. And we're going to wrap it up today with a pretty unique listener question that we're excited to bring moving forward in the podcast. So a very exciting show all around, as per usual. But let's kick it off with where we are in the world and what we're up to. Mike, do you have anything exciting going on in your travel hacking world? Uh, not really for a change. Actually, it's it's kind of nice. I'm back home in Toronto. Um, I think this is, I've been home for just about a week now and this is like the most time I've spent in my apartment in the last like year and a half. So it, it was just crazy. But yeah, I had a whirlwind trip back home from I guess last time we recorded, I was in Zimbabwe or Zambia or something around there and a crazy marathon trip back through Botswana and then Ethiopia and Togo and the US and finally home. So still recovering and uh, you might be able to hear that I'm I'm a little sniffly today. Uh, so apologies if there are any sniffles that get caught up in the mic, but I'll try to avoid that. So yeah, I'm just kind of chilling. What about you though? I'm also chilling. I feel like your version of chilling is like, I went to five countries and now I'm grounded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my version of chilling is like being at home and, and working yeah. full time. And it's like, oh, it's a vacation. <laughs> it's always nice to to have that grounded moment. But no, I'm still I'm still coming to you uh, all today from from home. Still sunny Florida. I do have a a short update that I promised in my bonus episode. So if you haven't listened to the bonus episode, I chatted through some um, tips and tricks for family travel and went through my trip report of the Scotland wedding extravaganza. And I shared at the end a little hiccup with built and I promised Mm. updates if I had them. And the update is that I did get my points. So after hanging up, calling again, our favorite travel hacking tip, I finally got to a rep who understood me. <laughs> Thank you for hearing me out. Um, and I got eighteen thousand points in my built account. Nice. So that's great. Yeah, I mean, what a great example of like if you know or even suspect you're supposed to have more points or like you should have earned points that you didn't end up getting posted to your account. Just like don't give up. 
you know, advocate for yourself because that's a lot of built points. You could turn those into a lot. Like that's five nights at a Hyatt category one hotel right there. If you transfer them to Hyatt, that's no 18,000 built points is no joke. Yeah, I know. It's it, I'm I'm pretty excited for, for the result of it all. And I just think it is such a good reminder, especially with a program like built that they're so new. They're still mm-hmm. figuring things out. Like their reps are kind of learning along the way. So mm-hmm. and whether new program or established program, like never be afraid to hang up, call again, chat with another rep. They all have just like variable amounts of experience. Um, and so it never hurts to to call again until you find the answer. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, they're just humans. And some of them know, like not all customer service reps are experienced travel hackers or even enthusiastic travel hackers. You know, they're not people like us who study the charts in depth and like know exactly what all the earning rates are and what all the merchant codes are and stuff like that. It's for a lot of them, it's just a job. And so it's like, you can't expect them to, to know everything. And so hanging up and calling again is always a good idea. And built, I just, I feel like built is just more human too than some of the other, I, I hope they don't change as they grow, but it feels like it's very easy to, to get in touch and like have a real conversation with a real human more so than some of the bigger programs. Yeah, I actually would agree with that. I did have some some really nice conversations and they have really speedy um, email support too. So mm. yeah, overall, nice. still even hiccups aside, I'm still so happy with my, my built account. Yeah. I, I don't know of anyone who's not happy <laughs> with with their built membership. Um, yeah, great. Well, congratulations on your win. Um, speaking of wins, we had a loss last week because <laughs> we we uh, kind of so last week we talked about how to earn a million Marriott Bonvoy points and a big component of that was signing up for credit cards. And somebody reached out to us and reminded us that Marriott has some pretty strict and complicated rules surrounding because they they have a ton of co-branded credit cards between multiple banks. So it's not just one bank card family, it's across banks. There are premium cards and entry-level cards and like secret cards that you can't just open. It's very complex. And so the two cards we told you about last week, you actually can't sign up for right after the other. And there are lots of rules where if you hold one card, you're not able to even hold another card. Some of them you have to wait a while to sign up for. Some of them are totally fine and you can sign up for both of them and hold them at the same time. Um, And so as a quick addendum uh, to that, basically, the cards we told you about were the Boundless card and the Bevy card, right? There's so many names the and they all There's, start with Bs. And they so. all start with B. <laughs> and like they do not make the rules simple. <laughs> yeah. It, so it was the, the Boundless and the Bevy. And those you actually can't get at the same time. But there is a way where we can just swap out one of those cards and everything we mentioned in the episode still holds true. And that is instead of the bevy, you can get the bountiful, which now has the exact same sign up bonus as the bevy. So all of the points still add up, except you can hold both of these cards 
at the same time. Um, and it that combination has less strict rules than the, the initial combination we told you about. So yeah, it, it's just confusing, but sorry about that. They just keep it nice and confusing for us. I did put a post up in the lounge that breaks the Marriott card rules down in what I think is a simplistic way. Nice. <laughs> so we will link that up in the show notes. You have to be a member of the lounge to be able to see it. Um, it's our free Facebook community. So come in and join us, but I'll link it up so you can read through those rules. I think also remembering that you could also take your strategy that you shared in the last episode and just like expand the timeline a little as right, well. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. You don't have to earn all million points in a year, though that's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who who wouldn't want that, though? And if, if you can do the exact same thing um, by just switching out a card, then, you know, you might as well yeah, expedite yeah. that timeline. Exactly. So, yeah. So that's, that's that. Um, but uh, cool. Next on the docket, we Let's have... Let's talk some... about Star Alliance being salty. Yeah. And it's it's kind of a complex topic and yeah. maybe takes a little bit of uh, background. So basically, there, there are a bunch of different award search tools out there um, where sort of like how you can search on Google Flights for flights to book just based on the destination. It'll tell you, um, you know, like which airlines you can fly and how much it is. There are tools that can do that, but for award flights. So how many points it's going to cost you, what is available to even book with points. And the way these sites do that is they just scrape data from airlines websites. And basically it's like as though you were going to the site and running an award search, except they can do it a whole bunch of times in short succession. And as you can imagine, that has been causing some issues for these airlines and some of them have started to take action. And the big one that has been, people have been talking about for a few days is Aeroplan and friends. So like Aeroplan and likely United um, have gone after, I think seats.aero has had to remove a bunch of Starline stuff. Um, Expert Flyer sent out an yeah. email. Um, and some other like non-public tools that I'm aware of um, yeah, have I'm also been shut down. Seats Arrows private community. I don't know if you're mm -hmm. in that space too, Mike. I'm but not. They actually had Star Alliance's lawyer send a cease and desist letter. Yeah. Over. Yep, and same goes for some of the the smaller mm -hmm. tools that you probably won't know about and that I can't talk about on here, but everybody has had problems. And we know that Aeroplan specifically has gone after them, but I think, I don't know if it was Expert Flyer or Seats.Aero that said that their Star Alliance is also down, um, but they didn't scrape Aeroplan, which tells us that there are other airlines, it's more than just one airline and one program that are going after these sites. It mm -hmm. seems like a concerted effort at mainly Star Alliance now, but it kind of, um, I don't know, in my mind, it. I think other airlines are going to follow suit. And it probably means that these search tools are just not going to be a reliable way to, to search and book things moving forward. But yeah, it, how do you, how do you feel about that? <laughs> I mean, I'm 
just in general, I am a very manual search kind of travel hacker. I don't know. I just I trust my own search a little better, even though I think these tools are great. For some reason, I've just always liked manually searching. So just on a personal level, I feel fine with mm -hmm. if these search tools change because you can still manually search. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I agree with that. The only thing is that I think where the most value comes from these tools is when you have something like Etihad first class where they there are like a handful of dates scattered about months of time where there's like one or two seats open mm -hmm. and a handful of dates. And so if you're doing even if you're really good at like manual searching, you still got to yeah. like go date by date or at the most like maybe week by week, sometimes a calendar option, but it, they're just harder to find. And these tools basically can just isolate the, the handful of dates and let you book it. But that's exactly why it's problematic, because I think there are some problems with fraud um, that these airlines are are claiming. Like, mm. I don't know if you're aware of the underground world of points brokers. Yeah. So like yeah. points brokers are, don't get any ideas people, by the way, but points brokers are, they'll, they'll use these tools and find these amazing flight deals and they'll just book them with all, they'll have like millions of points from various ways and they'll book all these amazing first class exclusive flights and then sell them at a discounted rate to people. So they'll use their points to book them and then sell them for, for cash to people. And so when they do that, all of a sudden, now there's a huge strain on all these websites, first of all, because people are just searching, you know, hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of times in a matter of minutes. And then they're taking up all the inventory as well and holding it kind of hostage. And so there are lots of problems, both for us as travelers who want to also book those things and for airlines who are, um, you know, having strain on their systems and things like that, which creates problems with availability. It's a kind of a whole mess. So I can totally understand why they would want to shut this down. It's not just like they want to make it harder for people to book things. Like that's not it at all. But uh, yeah, it's kind of a, I, I wish it didn't have to be that way, but I totally get why it has to be that way. Yeah. I am curious your thoughts on something I wish more airlines would do, but also wouldn't be good news for these award seats search tools. Um, Virgin Atlantic has their own native award seat checker mm -hmm. where it just, it has a wonderful calendar view and it says, these are how many award seats we have on this date in each upper class premium and economy. I wish more airlines would just have that native. What are your thoughts on that? Or do you think that's um, something that could come? I, I, I think it's, I don't know if it would work as well for some other airlines. For mm. example, like I'm thinking about Aeroplan where the majority of ways to use points with them are not for Air Canada flights. You know, it's for these partners and they have like Fair. over 50 of those partners. So it would just be, it doesn't feel very feasible for them to, to have something like that in the first place. And I don't know how much time it would save because you're still having to I don't know, like with Virgin, they have a pretty small fleet and a pretty small route network over compared to other airlines, at least. And yeah. so it, it makes sense for them. But yeah, it is nice. I, I don't know. 
It's like my favorite. It's my favorite tool. And they do. (laughs) Now that you say that, though, they do have Delta, but it's like not Mm -hmm. even all of their Delta routes in there. And I can see where it would get just more complex with more and more partner flights included. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's no like ideal way to do. I think like the ideal way to do this stuff was to have these tools. But obviously there are just consequences to doing it that way that don't make it sustainable long-term. So I guess the moral of the story is like, don't rely on these tools necessarily, and maybe just continue to hone your, your own search skills and get confident about how to find good award seats and and things like that without having to rely on these tools. Yeah. Speaking of good award seats, let's sweeten this conversation up a little bit. (laughs) You're on fire with the with the puns today you know there's just so many ways i can use (laughs) sweet in a conversation so let's talk sweet spots (laughs) yeah what what is a sweet spot well sweet spots i mean i feel like they're basically when all the miles align perfectly to give you the best deal but essentially it's when deals fall in line with the rules of a program in a way that's going to give you more outsized value than the program itself actually does Uh, did you just come up with that that's a great definition (laughs) it's like i think that's the best way i've heard it put into words before yeah thank you that's exactly what it is so a lot of airlines and hotel programs have rules based on you know partner awards based on cash price based on distance sometimes they have specific charts and sweet spots are where like Megan said, the the miles or the stars align and um, you get something that fits really nicely that sort of stretches the ability of those rules and those charts Mm -hmm. um, to get more outsized value than you normally could. And we're going to tell you about some airline sweet spots and some hotel sweet spots, which is also Mm -hmm. a thing. Mm -hmm. So get your notepads ready. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Get your notepads ready or just, you know, rewind and do that later. Um, But yeah, so these are not, this isn't an exhaustive list of sweet spots. And um, these are just some of our favorites and some of the more popular ones and some of the easier ones to take advantage of. So, um, and it'll give you an idea of what to look for maybe in other programs if you want to go find some of your own sweet spots. And we'll kick off today with Turkish Airlines. And um, Turkish Airlines isn't you might not think is the most useful program out there, um, but you can actually use Turkish miles, which you can transfer points to from a whole bunch of US banks. You can use Turkish miles to book domestic flights in the US at an amazing value. So Turkish is a member of Star Alliance, which means you can use Turkish miles to book flights on Star Alliance Airlines, including United. and including United flights only in the US. And Turkish has a fixed rate of 7,500 Turkish miles for any domestic flight on United, domestic meaning within the US. And so if you're flying from New York to Boston, you know, it's gonna cost 7,500 Turkish miles. But if you're gonna fly from New York to Honolulu, it's also going to only cost you 7,500 miles. And so, as you can imagine, there are lots of ways to travel long distance on what would otherwise be pretty expensive flights a lot of the time for minimal miles. And 
that's just a, a great deal. So you could do like a round trip from the Northeast to Hawaii for 15,000 Turkish miles round trip, which is insane. Mm -hmm. There is a catch and the catch is that you have to book through Turkish. And what I mean by that is that Turkish isn't known for having the best interface uh, or customer service. And so to do this, you actually have to call in to Turkish to book these. Um, but you can give yourself a little head start by looking on United's website for award flights. And if you see a saver award available, um, then you can almost guarantee that Turkish is going to have that also available to book. And so you don't have to call and just sort of guess. You can sort of get the intel ahead of time from United and then have a good idea of what's available and then call Turkish and you shouldn't have a problem booking it. Yep. And when Mike says Saver Award, it's literally as easy as it says the words yeah. Saver Award when yeah. you search on United. <laughs> they make it nice and obvious for us, which yeah. is great. So yeah, that's, that's a great one. Um, but let's say you want to get out of the United States. What if you don't want to fly domestic at all and you want to go around the world? There's a sweet spot for that. I was going to say, is that a hint for what the next sweet <laughs> yeah, spot is? Yeah, a very obvious hint, which is for ANA, um, All Nippon Airways, which is uh, a Star Alliance airline, Japanese airline. They have an award chart for an around the world flight. And that is that means literally around the world. There are, They have like a set of rules. They have a distance-based chart. And... So essentially you can have up to, I think 16 segments total um, going around the world. You can you know, stay in cities for a certain amount of time. You could stay there for weeks. So you could build this around the world to be like a pretty uh, substantial, like months long trip if you wanted, or you could spend like a day or two in each city. And based on the total flying distance, you will uh, pay a certain fixed price for economy, business and first class but it goes as low as 38,000 points in economy to fly all the way around the world. 38,000 points. Now that's hard to pull off because the distance band is so small. You really need to be flying like pretty strictly in the Northern hemisphere, mm -hmm. you know, so you're not adding too much distance, but you can put something together. Like, I don't know, maybe Seattle to like Tokyo to Seoul, and then maybe through like, China and then to like Uzbekistan and then Turkey and then through Europe and then back to New York or something uh, like pr staying pretty high above the equator. So the distance is lower. You can put together some nice awards, but even if you wanted to do something more substantial and, and longer than that, like you can fly, let's say, um, you know, 14 to 18,000 miles for only 65,000 points in economy or 105,000 in business class, which for a lot of airlines is the price for a business class flight for just like a one-way ticket, you know, and this is a full around the world. So we'll put the link to this chart in the show notes because it's definitely worth looking into and you do need to book this with ANA miles. So even though they're star lines, you cannot use this chart or this program, say with United miles or aeroplan points, even though they're star lines, it has to be ANA miles and you can get ANA miles from American Express. You can transfer at a one-to-one -one ratio from membership rewards points. Um, so yeah, like a little more restrictive, but also Amex points are 
super easy to come by because they have these crazy bonuses all the time now of like 200,000, 250,000 points on the business platinum. So, you know, 38,000 points to go around the world. That's pretty amazing. Pretty doable. We've actually been, we did not go on a honeymoon after our wedding and I'm, now taking suggestions on where we should go on our honeymoon, but we have been playing with the idea of doing the ANA around the world Nice as our honeymoon trip. So that'd be uh, a pretty epic honeymoon. <laughs> I think like, so. Honeymoon in like 15 countries around the world. Pretty I feel sweet. like when you like, when you travel often planning something like a honeymoon feels difficult. But around <laughs> the world it has to be like different somehow from your normal, like you, you already do so much. And travel that how do you make the honeymoon extra special yeah <laughs> i think around the world would probably do the trick i think it would tick the boxes of it being unique <laughs> right yeah 100%. <laughs> but also i have some american express points that are like burning a hole in my account so i'm like that feels like a fun way to use them <laughs> yeah that's a, a great problem to have <laughs> i have too many amex points oh no i have to travel around the world nice <laughs> Oh, gosh. Okay, moving on. Next one. A favorite one of yours. Oh, favorite um, being um, favorite airline program, that is. Yeah. And this one I've used a few times, even this year. I've used this a couple times. Um, and that is using Aeroplan points to fly to Japan from the West Coast, Northern West Coast, like Vancouver, um, to Tokyo, let's say, uh, which I think, if I'm not mistaken, you can get for as little as 35,000 points in economy, aeroplan points, or 55,000 in business class, which is a great deal um, just to fly across the Pacific. And yeah, it's one of those examples where Air Canada or Aeroplan has an award chart, and for a certain, up to a certain distance, It'll cost 35,000 points to fly from the U.S. to Asia or from North America to Asia. And Vancouver or Seattle to Tokyo fits barely in that bracket. So it's like at the very maximum of that points or that distance bracket. And that's why this is a sweet spot, because it's so close to being like if it was a little further flying, it would cost like 10,000 plus more points to fly the same exact route. But because it's just barely in that distance band, you're really just stretching the award chart to its limits. And that's, I think, what sweet spots are all about. That's right. Our next sweet spot, I feel like, is a fun one because we talk about it every month. Yeah, this is a, I mean, it's hard to argue with. Like, this is just one of the best deals in travel, I think, period. And that is KLM Air France Flying Blue Promo Rewards. And basically, if you aren't familiar with this, every month, Flying Blue, which is the points program for KLM and Air France, has these promo rewards, which are highly discounted flights, award flights, um, from various cities around the world to Europe. Um, and that's like a whole bunch of different cities in Europe. And they go down as low as, I think, Earlier this year, they had one that was 7,500 flying blue miles. I forget which city it was from. It might have been Montreal to like almost anywhere in Europe for 7,500 miles. And 
I think at the time there was also a transfer bonus, like a 25% transfer bonus. So for like 6,000 points, you could fly to, to Europe with these promo rewards. But there are many instances where they're as low as like 11,000 miles or 12,000 miles or 15,000 miles, which are also all really good deals. And so basically every single month, there's going to be a, a number of cities in North America, mostly in the US, where you can fly to Europe for under 15,000 points one way. And that is just always a good deal, especially if there's a transfer bonus going on, which there often is. Like all of the banks, I feel like, um, have offered some kind of transfer bonus to Flying Blue. And usually a few times a year they do it. So at any given point, there's a good chance you'll be able to, to maximize it even further. So yeah, it's, you can't really argue with, with that, in my opinion. Yeah. It, I mean, anytime you can cross the Atlantic for a sweet deal, got to squeeze in the word again. <laughs> we we going to have like a tally going, see how many you can cram into one episode. Uh, it is a, it is a win. Now I will say one tool and I know we've just uh, told you all that award seat search tools are a little shaky but one tool i love to help with flying blue promos is seat spy because i know a lot of people are like okay these flying blue promos are great but i have to search every single date before i can find that actual sweet spot and seat spies ones like gives you a calendar view and you can actually just find where those mm. sweet spots are uh so just if you want a little tool to find those sweet spots nice yeah that's a good tip for sure. It can be hard to to find, especially towards the end of the month when people have been booking these awards and, and inventory yep. is pretty low. That can be a, a huge time saver. Yep. Okay, next sweet spot. Uh, do you want to cover this one? Yeah, let's do um, a fun one. Let's talk life miles okay. for our next sweet spot. So life miles, I feel like is a program that doesn't get enough spotlight and is pretty easily uh, overlooked but they have some great sweet spots for star alliance awards now they are uh notoriously i guess a little uh harder to search <laughs> if you will yeah, you could say that yes but when you can find the sweet spots and land the sweet spots i mean it's a pretty great deal. So just some examples for you. Let's say um, you want to do A&A, like we were talking about earlier, but you don't have access to those um, Amex points. You can use uh, Life Miles to book Honolulu to Tokyo, for example, and you can fly as low as 27,000 miles for one-way flights and economy, which is just... If I'm flying to Tokyo for 27, <laughs> 27,000 miles, I'm pretty excited. <laughs> oh, yeah. hundred percent. I yeah. think in general, like the thing about life miles. So life miles is Avianca's mm -hmm. mileage program, um, the Colombian airline, and they're a Star Alliance airline as well. And so they generally have the best prices of any program for Star Alliance awards. Like if you look up identical flights on like United Air Canada and Avianca, Avianca is going to have the lowest price. Um, but yep. it's not that simple because Megan said kindly to Avianca that it can be challenging to
to book, which is the nice way of saying their website is total crap. It's really uh, hard to use sometimes. It's often not working. It's yeah. down. And most importantly, customer service is just terrible. Rough. <laughs> it's, so if you have to like make changes or make cancellations, um, they have, I think, pretty fairly rough cancellation fees um, for their restricted fares. And getting in touch in general is is pretty difficult. And if you want to book a complex award, um, like a stopover award or like multi-city, I think it's also pretty Good complicated luck. to book. <laughs> and so that you pay the price in that sense, you save yeah. miles, but you pay sort of in another way. And for some people like me, I like Avianca is fine. I fly, I've flown Avianca a lot. I think it's a great airline, but I'm, often happy to pay like a couple thousand extra miles to book on Air Canada and just mm. like have better customer service. Having said that, sometimes the Avianca deals are like crazy cheap. Like they're tens of thousands of points cheaper than the alternative. And in that case, I think it's worth the payoff. Yeah, just, you know, know what you're getting into, right? Yeah, that's all it is. Know what you're getting into and you can find those sweet deals like and hey, there's great Lufthansa deals on there mm -hmm. where you might be paying, you know, 120,000 points to fly Lufthansa first class through Lufthansa. Mm -hmm. But on Life Miles, you can find them for 87,000 points. Yeah, so exactly. saving that many points matters. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're if you think about it, like maybe the cancellation fee is $50 higher, but the amount of points you're saving to book is like, you know, $600 worth of points, then it starts to feel like a pretty easy decision. Yeah. It's that importance of that manual research and just making sure you're understanding what you're getting into and knowing the various ins and outs of the program you are booking through. Yeah, totally. And especially with these obscure or like obscure ones, they're not, they don't come to mind exactly when you're like, I want to fly from New York to Frankfurt. What am I going to do? Oh yeah. Obviously I'm going to go to this Colombian airline website and book it that way. It's not immediate. And so it's definitely worth putting some time into just researching the program a little bit. And like Megan said, and learning yeah. the ins and outs. Yeah, that is so true. All right. Let's talk about one of my one of my favorite programs. Oh, gee, I, think I wonder what this one is. <laughs> I think I'm just going to get become known as like the Virgin Atlantic <laughs> points gal. <laughs> yeah, you do love your Virgin Atlantic uh, for good reason, though. I mean, it's nobody's arguing I, that it's an yeah. incredible airline. You know? And I feel like on the flip side of like the opposite side of the spectrum from Life Miles, Virgin Atlantic has some of the best customer support. Mm -hmm. out there i mean i've always had a wonderful experience if i've had to mm. change something or cancel something and they're incredibly knowledgeable too um That's so a huge perk honestly yeah there it's very rare that i have to hang up and call again like they are going to find me the answer so yes i love virgin atlantic in general but also they have some pretty sweet sweet spots tally's going up some more <laughs> what's great with virgin atlantic is that for a lot of their partner airlines they have award charts which is awesome when we're talking about sweet spots because you're now no longer dealing with 
crazy dynamic pricing. So a couple of examples of this is you can fly from the U.S. to New Zealand in business class <laughs> on Air New Zealand for 90,000 points. Mm-hmm. Or if you wanted to do economy class, you can fly for 60,000 points. These are insane rates from U.S. to New Zealand. Now, I will caveat this one with you do have to find saver space through something mm-hmm. like United or Aeroplan and then call to book. But then I come back to how amazing our Virgin Atlantic reps are. Um, as long as you have the flight details of the flight you're looking at on Air New Zealand, they're going to help you out and easily get you booked on that flight. So it is a little more complex of a booking as far as the steps you have to take, but the points that you get to use are pretty awesome. And then the other one that really stands out with Virgin is good old trusty Delta. <laughs> oh yeah. If anyone still has any interest in flying them. Look, I, you know, Delta is one of my preferred airlines. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's still too, too fresh though. The, the wound fair. is still healing from, from what they did. Fair enough. Fair enough. So if you love Delta, like me, but you don't love Sky Miles, this is another spot where Virgin Atlantic really shines because they have a partner awards chart and you're not dealing with those wildly outrageous <laughs> Delta redemptions. Mm-hmm. So another great example with this one is you can fly US to Europe for 50,000 points in Delta One business class. That's going to be upwards of, I mean, I've seen Delta One US to Europe for 300,000 points. Oh, yeah. I mean, 300,000 is not uncommon these days at all. It's like, I don't know who's paying that many sky miles to fly these things. But yeah, I mean, Virgin is... But the only problem with Delta One and Virgin is that it's just hard to find space. Yeah, that's, that's kind fair. of the, the kicker. But that's if you fair. can it find space, to find space, that's like a deal of a lifetime. Delta you can one. also find economy space for like thirty thousand. Right. Also, um, not a bad deal when with Delta's sky miles rates. So, yeah, and even flying domestically too on Delta. Like if you just. I don't know. It's Virgin is, it's one of those things where it's like, maybe a lot of the rates aren't stellar and maybe sometimes it's hard to find the space, but it's a good program to park some points in because of how valuable they are with Virgin, that it's like, they're just a good point to be collecting instead of Delta, even if maybe the rates aren't perfect. Like flying domestic on Delta using Virgin Miles isn't the best trade-off, but you can also use your Virgin Miles for so many other things like flying to Europe on Virgin Atlantic for 10,000 miles one way in economy. And that's also a deal. So it's just like a good program, a versatile program and a really valuable program. Yeah. You're sounding like me. The love. (laughs) I'm convincing myself to, to become loyal to Virgin Atlantic. (laughs) They are also another um, sort of sweet spot with Virgin is flying on ANA in mm. first class, which mm. used to be, Virgin used to be like the best, most valuable way yeah. to fly ANA first class. Um, but earlier this year, they devalued the ANA award chart. Yeah. But even with that, it's still like pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's not unreasonable. Before it just used to be like, you know, unbelievable 
unbelievably good. Now it's just like very good. <laughs> so it's still a good um, award chart using Virgin Miles to fly on ANA, especially in the premium cabins. Yeah, I think we will have too many resources to link up in the show notes if we link all of the award charts, but you can always easily find these by searching like Virgin Atlantic Delta Partner Award Chart. Yeah, they make it very easy on Virgin. They don't make you hunt for it too much. So yeah, I also nice. think just I want to double double tap on something in this conversation because I can feel the questions coming through. We're talking a lot about finding partner space through an airline. And there's often a lot of confusion on how you do that. And often big questions like, I heard you all say I could find Delta flights on Virgin, but I'm searching and nothing's coming up. What am I doing wrong? And the answer is, you're doing nothing wrong. Partner space is always going to be limited. So like Mike yeah. said a moment ago, like that Delta one redemption spot is pretty sweet and also pretty rare. Uh, so if you're not able to find the space, you're not doing anything wrong. There's likely just not a lot of partner space available. And how you find this partner space that we're talking about is you search through the original airline we've shared. So if you're looking for a Delta flight on Virgin, you search on Virgin, and it'll show mm -hmm. you if it's operated by Delta. Yeah, that's a, a really good point and a really good tip to throw in. We, I don't know, like we do this so much that sometimes we talk about it a little too casually. Like we're like, oh yeah, just do a partner award search and you're good to go. But yeah, that that's good. Thank you for breaking that down. Yeah, it can just be, it's a confusing <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> point of travel hacking but it's it's actually really easy you just search through whatever that original airline we've shared is and it'll show up if it has the space yeah um, exactly. so confusing concept but simple process and and it'll get easier with practice like the more you yeah. do it the you just your brain starts to like latch on to how this that's whole right. thing works that's right okay let's see do we have one more airline sweet spot and then we'll go hotels yeah, let's talk about one more airline program with a couple of sweet spots. Yes. <laughs> and that program is um, British Airways Avios, which also is Qatar Airways Avios, which is also Aer Lingus Avios, which is also Iberia Avios. Avios is a points currency that a bunch of different airlines use and can be freely transferred between all those airlines. Mm -hmm. um, but they can also be used on a bunch of partner airlines. And this one actually is top of mind for me because um, I have a friend visiting me in Toronto right now who lives in New York. And we were researching award flights to get him up here. And one of the better deals that we found was flying on American Airlines using British Airways Avios. And because both programs are part of the One World Alliance. You can book American flights with British Airways points and book British Airways with American miles. And so we found a flight from New York to Toronto, which, you know, admittedly is not a very long flight, for 7,500 avios. And with American miles, it costs 9,000 miles, which is also a good deal. The difference is that British Airways Avios are just so much easier to get because American, you can only get by transferring built points or by engaging with the American loyalty program, like flying with them or using the portal or using their credit cards or stuff like that. So in terms of transferring points, 
it's very, very limited. Whereas with British Airways, every program, every bank, uh, you can transfer to British Airways and the other Avios programs. So they're very easy to come across. And 7,500 points from pretty much any bank you want to fly a short hop on American Airlines, I think is an incredible deal. And as you get longer distance with American, like even domestically in the US, the price does go up, but it's still a reasonable price. And I put a lot of value on just how easy it is to earn the miles in the first place. So I, I see, you know, 7,500 British Airways points as an amazing deal, even though it's not that much lower number wise than 9,000 American miles. Yeah. I love that sweet spot. I think it's, I feel like it's one that doesn't get like enough uh, spotlight. We get a lot of questions like, I want to do more domestic travel. What, how can I maximize my miles for domestic travel? And I feel like this is truly one of the best ways to maximize on domestic travel. And it's easy. Like we started this conversation with Turkish, which is like nice and (laughs) complex and can be a fun time (laughs) to book. Uh, But Avias just makes it super easy to book the American flights. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, it's, that's a good point. Like just the whole idea of, I want to travel more domestically. How can I maximize that? Now we've covered three ways to like fly the three biggest airlines in the US with programs you probably wouldn't have thought of like Virgin Atlantic for Delta, um, uh, Turkish for United flights and now British Airways for American airlines. Like just a great example of how you can leverage these international programs uh, to save points and save money and sometimes save time and effort flying domestically. It's great. Yes. But even though we like flying domestically, let's talk about a way we could maximize those avios on an international flight. (laughs) Yeah. You want to take this one? Yeah, for sure. So Mike mentioned when he started talking about avios, one of the cool things about avios is you've got British Airways avios. You've got Qatar Avios, you've got Iberia Avios, you've got Aer Lingus Avios. And they break our rule that you can't transfer points among airlines because with Avios, you can transfer among these airlines. And a really great sweet spot within Avios is flying Iberia, New York to Madrid in business class for 35,000 points. Crossing the Atlantic in business class. 35,000 points. It's pretty sweet. And with that flexibility of Avios, I feel like it just opens up that opportunity even more for you. So if you're not able to earn Iberia points, that's fine. If you can earn British Airways Avios, you're good to go. So there's just a lot of flexibility in that. Yeah, totally. And it just, I don't know, I find my Avios stash just kind of adds up over time too. Like when I fly on Qatar Airways, And I'm just like earning avios from flying with them on like cash flights, like, boom, that's a a nice chunk of avios in the bank. And yeah, the fact that you can just consolidate them into one airline if you want and freely transfer them anytime instantly with no fees or anything like that. It's very flexible. And oftentimes, much like with Flying Blue, there are transfer bonuses to avios all the time. And so if you think like 35,000 points in business class to go to Europe from New York on Iberia, if there's like a 25 or 30% transfer bonus, that's you're paying nothing. Like you're paying far less than even a normal economy flight oftentimes to Europe, but in business class. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's 
a great example of just the whole concept of sweet spots in general. It's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. It's so good. I wish more airlines would take notes from Avios. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird that it's just like one specific route on one airline. It's not like it's not just like flying that distance using yeah. an Avios program costs that. It's no very specifically flying on Iberia with Iberia Avios from this city to that city is that price. So I don't know uh, like why that exists, but I'm not going to complain. Yeah, don't argue with the sweet spot, Mike. Let it, let it happen. <laughs> okay, well, that's a, some airline stuff. But like we said, hotel programs also have some sweet spots. So let's cover a few of those. Do you want to – I know you're a, a Hyatt gal, if, if I remember. That's so. right. <laughs> what uh, what can you do with Hyatt points? I am just over here, you know, being brand loyal with my Virgin Atlantic and my Hyatt. Uh, <laughs> so we can't talk sweet spots without talking Hyatt redemptions. And we touched on this in a recent episode that Hyatt is just a really awesome program in general because they have a nice and easy award chart for their hotel rates. And probably, arguably, one of the sweetest spots in that award chart is for an off-peak Category 1 hotel that you can get for 3,500 points. 3,500 points. Yep. In, in, I don't even know what to say about that. Like, just book it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. And if you, a lot of people, like, would say, well... I never like that's great that it exists in theory, but mm -hmm. I never see category ones like how how common are they? And I'll tell you that they're everywhere if you travel abroad. Um, mm. There, I find a lot of like airport hotels in the U.S. are category one Hyatt hotels, so they can be really convenient if you have like an overnight layover or something like that. But abroad, they're all over the place. I've stayed in amazing category one. Hyatt hotels everywhere, especially in Europe. So since mm -hmm. Hyatt acquired Lindner hotels, which are all over um, Europe, mostly in Germany, I think, but they're all over the place. Uh, like I think in the newsletter today, actually, I referenced a Lindner hotel in Prague, like a really nice hotel near the Prague castle that is a Hyatt category one that for a lot of the fall this year is off peak and priced at 3,500 points a night. And it costs like close to $200 a night instead of $200, 3,500 points. And Hyatt also has these promos going on too that apply to award nights. So if you stay three nights and spend 10,500 points right now, you get 3,000 back with the current promo and oftentimes with other promos they have. So you're getting a rebate too of like 30% on that. It's just, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. I feel like just like Hyatt promos within themselves are sweet spots because you I feel can like do the whole Hyatt award chart is just a sweet spot because like you said, it yeah. just, the award chart exists. So even if a hotel is just, let's say there's an event going on in a city. And so hotel prices are sky high like way higher, 10 times higher than the normal rates because there's so much demand. If there's an award availability at that hotel, there is no way for that points price to be exorbitantly high because yeah. it's fixed on this chart. And so it's not something that exists in the hotel world a lot. Um, 
outside of Hyatt, like so many programs go to dynamic pricing. Yeah. And so I think just Hyatt as a program, Hyatt promos, Hyatt award chart, Hyatt category one, off peak Hyatt hotels, it's all just one big sweet spot. Hyatt is the sweet spot. I love that. They also just make it super easy to like play around on their website and find those award nights. Like I think a lot of the hotel websites you have to do just like endless searches and Hyatt has really great calendar views where you can just go to a region, zoom into a country, look at calendar views of their award pricing. Yeah. So the award pricing is very easy to find with Hyatt, but availability it's kind of confusing. So something that I don't like that Hyatt does is they'll show you the award price in the search and on the calendar, even if it's not, there is an award availability. That's the the big problem with them. And so I think, is it rooms.arrow now? The, like, do they support Hyatt? I don't, I don't know off the top of my head if they support Hyatt, but I do know that Aways does. And I mm-hmm. like using them for a, a hotel award space. So this is now the second time that we're suggesting you use a search tool that at the beginning of the episode we told you was now dead. So (laughs) just, uh, yeah, if you do want to dabble in the award search space, there are a couple of sites that um, can help narrow down Hyatt availability. But generally speaking, unless you're looking at the really in-demand properties, like the properties in big cities or like the Park Hyatt and famous cities or um, things like that. Generally speaking, I rarely have a problem finding Hyatt award availability. It's pretty, pretty much they, they have great availability unless there's just tons of demand or it's a really, really famous property. Yep. Yeah, exactly. All right. Next hotel. I'm a Hyatt gal. You're a Marriott boy. Tell us the I sweet am spot a Marriott Marriott. boy. That's, yes, proudly so. Uh, <laughs> kind of. I, I have my problems with Marriott. Sometimes. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. The thing, just as a, a side note, like the thing I, I love about Marriott is that traveling internationally, there is no better program, in my opinion, because I just get so much value out of my Marriott points. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like I find so many Marriott hotels for like five or 10,000 points a night in the places I travel. And for Marriott points, that's a huge deal. I mean, in the US, so many Marriott hotels are just like, not even great hotels, just like gnarly hotels in random places, not popular cities will cost you like 50 or 60 or 70,000 points a night. Whereas you can book a nice, like, five-star luxurious hotel in like Dubai or somewhere else for like 10 or 15,000 Marriott points a night. Um, And I just continuously get value out of them. But one of the ways I get the most value is the fifth night free perk. And this is with both Marriott and Hilton. They have this deal where for every five nights you book with points, one of those nights is free. And basically what they do is they take the cheapest one of that five night span and take it off of the price. So if you have um, a hotel that costs 5,000 points a night and you book a five night stay, it's only gonna cost you 20,000 points instead of 25,000 points. If you're looking at hotels that are 50,000 points a night, that can really save you quite a bit of points. And so it's a sweet spot in the sense that like, if you 
are, if you have a stay somewhere that is five nights or longer than five nights, it's a great way to just really lower the overall average point cost per night of your stay. And yeah, I think it doesn't really get better than that. And like I said, that works with Hilton as well. And I use those all the time. And I even just like plan my trips sometimes around that sweet spot because if I'm like, oh, like how long do I want to stay in this city? Oh, well, there's this great hotel here, um, you know, with Marriott. So I'll do five nights here and X nights there where there's maybe a different hotel that's more expensive and I want to stay fewer nights and spend fewer points. And yeah, it can really dictate, you know, how you save points and spend points on a trip. Yep. So good. All right. We have one final sweet spot. And it's a weird one. <laughs> we love so, it. We, uh, yeah, a, a program we don't often talk about is Wyndham Rewards. Who knew Wyndham had some sweet spots? Uh, yeah, Wyndham is, I don't know. They, they're like getting better, I feel. First of all, they have a huge footprint. They have like 9,000 hotels worldwide. Um, but their program is just kind of meh. Except for the fact that you can actually book vacation rentals through a partnership they have with a company called Vacasa. That's V-A-C-A-S-S-A, I think. Maybe just one S in there. I don't know. Just Google it. Um, and you can use Wyndham points to book vacation rentals at a fixed rate. So this is also using some type of chart where you, you can look it up on the partnership website, just Google like Wyndham Vacasa partnership. But basically how it works is per bedroom at a vacation rental or like a, a home rental, you'll pay 15,000 points per bedroom per night. So if you're renting a one bedroom house, which as you can imagine, could probably fit quite a few people, you're paying just 15,000 points per night. If you rent a two bedroom, you're paying 30,000 points a night. But if you just think about it compared to a hotel booking, like one bedroom home with a living room and a couch and maybe like multiple beds in the bedroom, like you could cram six people into a one bedroom vacation home rental for 15,000 points a night instead of having to book like three different hotel rooms or more than that even. And so I think it's a great deal. And a lot of people just like, you know, if you're someone who likes Airbnb and that type of thing more so than hotel stays, then this is a great option to sort of you leverage hotel programs and hotel points to your advantage to book something that you enjoy staying in more. Yeah. I think it's one that I need to pay attention more because I do like airbnbs every now and then that's a bold statement that i could unpack a, a bit more but we'll leave it at i need to pay more attention to wyndham Bacasa. and you can transfer capital one miles over mm -hmm. to wyndham and i feel like that's where a lot of people might redeem capital one miles for an airbnb but you're only getting one cent per point but with this sweet spot you can still book an awesome vacation rental, have the space that you want, maybe some of the extra amenities that you're looking for and use less points. Yeah, exactly. And and there are other ways to engage with Wyndham and get mm. more points. Like there's a good promo going on right now with Wyndham to earn like triple points on, on all stays up to like 30,000 bonus Wyndham points. And so that's not bad. They also have credit cards. And this is something 
we should talk about actually probably because there's a way that you can get a Wyndham credit card and like leverage it into free cruises through, mm. yeah, through some sneaky travel hacking magic stuff. Um, mm. And al also if you have one of the Wyndham credit cards, you get a discount on award stays, including for this Vacasa deal, which takes it down to like 13,500 points per room per night. So there, yeah, Wyndham is not something we talk about a lot, but definitely don't ignore Wyndham. Maybe we should like come back with an episode that's like uh, all about Wyndham since we just never talk about them and talk about some of these ways to earn Wyndham points and some more sweet spots in addition to Vacasa. Yeah, I was just thinking that I was like, we're just going to leave that little tidbit right there. <laughs> and then <laughs> we will uh, come back with a with a Wyndham segment. So stay yeah. tuned for that. But I think for now, we should get into our our very first listener question. So we've been Ooh. answering reader questions. But now we're answering a listener question from Michelle. I know it's very exciting. Uh, cue the confetti. And if you want to submit a listener question, you can do so at podcast at dailydrop.com. <laughs> so nice this plug. is a, this is a fun one and uh, a unique question that we're pretty excited about. So Michelle, it's more of an idea, I suppose. Michelle has said, hi, I think you should do a segment where someone calls in and tells you how many points they have and you guys give them ideas on how to best maximize them. Similar to what Dave Ramsey does with the debt, but better. I agree it is better. For example, someone could say, I have 500,000 points and I really don't know how much I can stretch it. We love this idea, Michelle. This is such a cool idea. So we're going to make it happen, hopefully, next week. If you all submit some examples to us, which you can do so at the exact same email I just shared, podcast at dailydrop.com. You can share how many points you have, um, just any information you want to add in there. If you want to record a little video so we can put your voice on the podcast, that feels yeah. pretty exciting too. <laughs> yeah, that would be if you're so I, I'll add a little bit more to that. Yeah. When you do, if you do send that to us, tell us a little bit more information to like which types of points you have, yeah. whether that's with airline and hotel programs or bank programs. Um, and uh, maybe give us some insight as to what you like. Are you going to travel domestically? Do you want to travel internationally? It can be that simple or just, you know, chef's choice just if you want us to if you just say like i have x capital one miles have no clue what i want to do give me some ideas that's also totally fine um and yeah if you send in if you want to take the time to sit down and record a little video of yourself asking the question um let us know if you're okay with us featuring your your voice on the podcast and we would love to put your question on a future episode and talk about it i think that'd be a lot of fun i'm so excited for this idea it gives me like I, I always wanted like a talk show when I was growing up and it gives me like talk show vibes. <laughs> yeah. It, I don't know. I love the idea because it feels like a, a puzzle. To, I, I don't know. Like I, I assume you feel the same way I do that. Like I just really enjoy the, the puzzle of like, I need to travel to this place or I need to use these points in some way, like go down the, the rabbit hole of searching for routes and, and deals and all that stuff. And so having some parameters, like, X points and I want to go to X place. How do we do it? 
it's just, it feels fun to me and I feel like would be valuable for, for listeners too, to just, you know, spark some ideas for how to creatively use your points and miles. Yep. I am pretty stoked for this. All right, my well, friends. <laughs> that's going to do it, I think. That's the and pod. That's the pod. Episode three-ish. Episode, normal episode three, but episode four overall. Um, but yeah, if you want more of this, make sure you, what do you do with podcasts? You subscribe to subscribe. them. So subscribe. Leave a review. Uh, you can, if you have questions and you don't want to send them into the email, you can leave your questions in a review as well. And we can, we go through those and we'll uh, answer them on the air when we can. And you can find us at Daily Drop on, I think, every normal social media platform. All the socials. And Megan is the community manager for our Facebook group, the Daily Drop Lounge, which you can also join and hang out with tens of thousands of other uh, travel hacking fanatics. And of course, if you want to subscribe to our newsletter, uh, the Daily Drop, or sorry, just Daily Drop, uh, you can go to dailydrop.com and find a, a form to subscribe with your email and get some travel hacking tips from us every weekday in your email inbox. That's all the places. So that's the pod. That's Thanks the pod. With that, we'll see you next time. Have a nice week, y'all. Bye.